Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've got the Football League covered. We are back into the groove. Welcome to episode 134 of We Are Going Up. It's our second pre-season special. I'm Mark Crossley and through the glass again, David Cameron Walker is alongside me. Hello. How are you feeling, mate? Good. Tired. Yeah, you are tired. It's been a long day. I was, yes. at, I was at Millwall this morning. You were up very early this morning. Uh, lots of stuff to be prepped for uh, for these shows. But um, I mean, well, I've certainly enjoyed the first one, so hopefully more of the same today. Yes. What do you reckon? Bring it on. League One is uh, looking, as ever, uh, very, very difficult to call. Uh, but we're going to try and do just that. And helping us do it on this show, Mark O'Hare will return, our Football League uh, betting expert. So Mark will be on a little bit later. And also, so, uh, the man who has written the two unfortunates League One preview, but unfortunately can't write about his own side, Carlisle, because they're down in League Two now. Uh, John McGee, uh, editor of the Carlisle website, bring me the head of Keith Minch. It will be on uh, a little bit later to preview the season. And it's not just that, because you were also at uh, Boreham Wood, weren't you, last week for uh, was, yeah. Watford against Coventry? Coventry City. And what's the score? 1-0 to the Sky Blues. 1-0 to the Sky Blues. So can Coventry, who are finally starting a season on zero points, put behind them the pain of the last few years, although they are still going to be playing at six fields, aren't they? Uh, it certainly looks that way at the minute. You caught up with a couple of uh, away fans yeah. while you were there, so we'll hear from them a little bit later on. Uh, but we are going to start with, um, well, one of the bookies' favourites uh, to go up to the Championship this season. Uh, they've been down in League One for three years now. They've not managed to get out, but it was a very encouraging second half of the season last year because Sheffield United reached the FA Cup semi-final when they lost uh, to Hull City and they also finished the season in some style after being uh, in relegation difficulty when Nigel Clough took over uh, from David Weir. So what does this season hold for the Blades? Let's speak to a man who should hopefully be able to help us out on this topic. It is James Shield who is the Sheffield United writer, uh, Sheffield United correspondent for uh, the star in Sheffield and James after that amazing uh, second half of last season I imagine that expectations must be pretty high right now yes they uh, they certainly are uh, I mean it was a it was a season of contrasts uh, last season it was a, an absolutely uh, abysmal start uh, <laughs> under, under Nigel's predecessor David Weir which did come as a surprise because you know I think a lot of the ideas that David wanted to implement were were quite fresh they were new they were exciting and there was uh, there was sort of really genuine high hopes that it would be a really productive season unfortunately he, he paid the price for some uh, some bad results in uh, in October and then to be fair Nigel, he, he didn't get off to the greatest of starts. Uh, it wasn't as if it was a, an instant sort of transition, but 
behind the scenes he was uh, sort of you know putting a lot of uh, good principles in he was putting a structure in place and I think you can see you know the uh, the difference in, in fortunes that the club experienced by the fact I think if I remember rightly they only won one of their opening 10 fixtures in, in League 1 last season but they only lost one of their final 10 and of course on the back of that as well they reached the uh, the semi-finals of the FA Cup uh, James for the last couple of seasons Sheffield United have been the bookies' favourites, there are thereabouts to, to be promoted. Everyone, you, you read all the season previews, you hear all the pundits saying who they think is going to win League One. Almost by default, it says Sheffield United, perhaps without always really knowing just some of the difficulties that have faced the club financially over the last couple of seasons, adjusting to yeah, life in, right. in, in League One. Uh, you hit the nail on the it's head the same again this season, though, isn't it? When the, when the bookmakers sort of have set their odds or or people have, uh, you know, obviously laid bets on uh, who who's going to do well in League One. I think they've probably been sort of tempted by the name and the uh, and the fact that, you know, it wasn't so long ago, uh, you know, 2006, 2007, that, that the club is in the Premier League. It's It's been quite a, a sort of well-trodden path, hasn't it, down through the divisions. Uh, you know, teams like Not- uh, Not- Nottingham Forest, sorry, have, uh, have done it. Manchester City have done it. Leeds United have done it, of course. And it's, it's not always been easy for them to get out, but... You, you're right, there was a, a, a huge sort of financial restructuring was going on behind the scenes. You know, they obviously lost their parachute payments. They didn't get out of the championship in time. Then, you know, they were laden with a, with a very large wage bill. Uh, there was no sort of consistency to that wage bill at all at the time. And I, I think that was one of the things that possibly hampered some of the, some of the managers that had, uh, you know, that have sort of been in charge before Nigel during the, uh, the intervening years between the Premier League and the, uh, and the slide into League One is that there's, there's never been any real sort of solidity to the club. I mean, they, they have come close on a number of occasions and I've, I've got to say, <laughs> football isn't an exact science, unfortunately, and sometimes luck, uh, you know, has not sort of favoured Sheffield United. We obviously all remember the, the 2012 playoff uh, final against Huddersfield when it, it went down to... Uh, a game that never ended. <laughs> exactly. It was, I mean, the way it was going that afternoon, I wouldn't have been surprised if I'd have still been sat there now. <laughs> uh, you know, it really did just go on and on and on. And, of course, down to the goalkeepers, Steve Simmonson missing out. They got into there the year before last, and they only just missed out this season. But I think this is one of the one of the reasons why they're being sort of tipped this year and why people are probably keeping faith with them is that momentum that they, that they built up under Nigel towards the end of last season. And there's been a lot of good work going on in the transfer market. But I think one of the interesting things that or certainly is going to sort of intrigue me is to see whether they can actually carry that momentum on into the new season because there's been a big turnover of players. There's been a lot of players leave. Some were allowed to leave. Harry Maguire, of course, was, uh, was bought by Hull City. And the whole dynamic of that size has changed. So I... I wouldn't be at all surprised to see them get off to uh, a slowish start or perhaps, you know, lose the odd game or drop points here and there where you, you might not expect it. But I, I think this might be a season where they, they actually grow as the season goes on. And in the last couple of years when they've been in League One, it's always been the other way around. They've always had a very strong start and then gone into the playoffs you know, almost on sort of a downward curve rather than an upward trend. How much of a loss will Harry Maguire be? He's a player that we've heard a lot about in the last few years. He's finally got his big move to up to a Premier League club from League One, no less, and £2.5 million, roughly the fee. But how much will he be missed on the pitch? 
I think he'll be uh, he'll be missed an awful lot. I mean, this is one of the interesting things that certainly under Nigel Clough, Sheffield United last season they didn't they didn't score an awful lot of goals. I think they had the uh, I think there was only three other teams in the division that had a, a worse sort of goals scored per game ratio uh, than them, and all of that success was really built on a on a solid back four. They they kept 17 clean sheets in the league. They had a tremendous run of uh, clean sheets uh, from February onwards, and that was really what sort of you know propelled them up. So uh, from 21st to 7th in the table and really got them into into contention. That's what all of those results were built on. And, and Harry was obviously uh, an integral part of that. You've seen in pre-season, actually, they've brought in two very good centre-halves, Andy Butler and at the opposite end of the spectrum, Harrison McGee uh, from Blackpool. That, that, that will go to a tribunal very soon. But you've seen they've started to concede a few goals from set pieces that, yes, I know it's, it's only pre-season, but it's not entirely irrelevant. You can sort of pick up some clues, can't you, about what a manager would like to do and where the you know possible strengths and weaknesses of a of a team will be. So while they've rectified their attack and they've 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 obviously got a lot more strength going forward now, uh, I think Harry, you know, certainly will be missed. He's a he's a very capable player. That that's underlined by the fact that, you know, a Premier League club uh, and Wolverhampton Wanderers, of course, were, were interested in him for a long time. But, you know, the very fact that Steve Bruce has given him a chance, that he, he, he felt he was worth investing two and a half million pounds in, which is a lot of money for a, for a League One defender. Uh, Harry's not the finished article yet. Uh, he's still a player with an awful lot of potential, but certainly in League One, he will be. Uh, he'll be a big, big miss for that team. Well, from an outsider's uh, point of view, just looking at Sheffield United as we have done on the show in the last couple of years, it's always been that lack of a goal scorer uh, ever since, obviously, what, what happened to Chad Evans. Yes. Um, and obviously, there's been a big bit of movement in that area. Nigel Clough has all obviously identified it as a bit of an issue, and he's brought in a player who was named the Scottish Player of the Year just a couple of years ago uh, in a deal this week. Michael Higdon, tell us more about this. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I mean, earlier on in the season, uh, Nigel brought in another, another player from Scotland. He's actually a Scottish player rather than a, a Liverpudlian who's been in Scotland and then Holland in, uh, in Mark McNulty. A young, you know, looks quite an exciting young prospect. Uh, you know, and I, I dare say that he will obviously look to improve as the, as the season goes on. But all the way through, sort of Nigel's made it quite plain that he wants a, he wants a, a, a centre forward who's got some physical presence you know, who can sort of link other players up. And that was interesting. That was why Jose Baxter, towards the end of last season, who's not what you would call an out-and-out centre-forward, but was actually utilising that position because although he wasn't the biggest, you know, and his goal-scoring record is not phenomenal, they felt that he was the best equipped to be able to bring others into play, to sort of hold the ball up, to be able to build moves. And, and that's something that they'll, uh, that they'll look for, for Michael Higdon to do as well. I think this one actually could be a, a really, really good buy for them because, as, as you correctly said, one of the things that where they've always struggled, uh, certainly after, after they lost Chad Evans, is that goal scorer. They've always, you know, known that the defence is under an awful lot of pressure because if they concede a goal or two, they may well struggle to get back into a game. But I think the, uh, I think the, the most sort of intriguing thing for me is the fact that Michael, not only has he got uh, a real physical presence, uh, but he's also a very technical player too. I think the fact that he he scored 14 goals last season for NEC in Holland, they were relegated. So he obviously didn't have a huge amount of support around him, but it's a very, very technical league. So we can obviously uh, sort of handle that side of the game. That will appeal uh, to Nigel Clough. 
and they've got two very big, uh, very very strong wingers in the in the Sheffield United side again in Jamie Murphy and Ryan Flynn. They put an awful lot of crosses into the box. Craig Alcock, another player who they've uh, they've brought in over the summer, is another fullback who likes to get forward and put crosses into the box. And although Michael Higdon scores all all sorts of goals, I think he could uh, really potentially enjoy playing alongside them. And of course, the interesting thing is he he had a very very good partnership with Jamie Murphy uh, at Motherwell when he won that Scottish Player of the Year title. But this is uh, this is something that Nigel. And also, a lot of his predecessors have been uh, have been searching for. They've not been able to do it up until now for for various different reasons. One of which was was obviously a lack of funding while that that restructuring was going on. They're on a more sound financial footing now. They haven't spent an absolute fortune on Michael Higdon, but I think as you've seen all the way through, and the the, the one common thread that you can tie all of these players together that have come in, the, the ten players, the nine new faces that have that have been signed during the summer, is that they're all they might not be stellar names, but they're all what you would call a proper footballer, if you know what I mean. There's uh, there's a lot of them there have got experience of that division and they're all good solid pros, low maintenance uh, type players, which is the, the type of person that Nigel Clough likes. It was a remarkable season really in League One last year with um with Brentford and Wolves going up with such a huge points total, Leighton Orient having a fantastic season and missing out of the death in the playoffs. Rotherham coming on really strong at the end and getting that fantastic win at Wembley. There was a lot of good, you know, Preston had a fantastic season, really fantastic season and, you know, came away empty-handed at the end of the, at the, end of the day. And how, how do you think it will shape up this season? Do you, do you see it being as competitive at the top or do you think it's a bit more open? I must admit, I, I think it'll be even more competitive this year, uh, just for the fact that I don't see sort of two standout teams, or certainly at the start of last season, one standout team that we had in Wolverhampton Wanderers last year. I think there's some very good sides in that division. I think there's some teams that have bought very well during the during the close season. So I think this will be this will be just as tight, if not more tight. Uh, than last season I think there's three or four teams that probably will go into the season thinking they've got genuine aspirations of finishing inside the top two I think there's probably seven, eight, nine possibly even ten who'll be looking at you know, thinking, you know, we've we've got a real shout here of of qualifying for the playoffs and then possibly take things from there. But this is a this is such a it's, it's a horrendous division, isn't it? To call this, I mean, it always surprises <laughs> me that people actually want to put money on what goes on in League One. The the bookies must uh, must make an absolute fortune out of this division because it's it's so unpredictable and the margins are just so so slim and I think that's what makes this one so difficult to call some very organised sides there's actually some very good players now filtering down into League One it's not quite sort of the the muck and nettles type football (laughs) uh, that we were you know possibly used to you know, three, even only four years ago. There's, uh, you know, I mean, Sheffield United, for example, there's someone like Chris Basham's ready to uh, to step down and play in there. Craig Alcock, again, who I mentioned earlier, who's, who's got a taste of the uh, of the championship. James Wallace, who, yes, OK, was in League One, but obviously did have offers again from the, from the championship. They're very, very technical players. So this is where I think, it's, it, it, certainly from a Sheffield United perspective, it is going to be fascinating because although they've maybe lost... A little bit of that immediate defensive stability, the dynamic of the side has changed and they do look a much more potent attacking threat. And this is what I don't think you can ever be confident about League One, but certainly where I think Sheffield United will have some belief in their chances this year 
is the fact that there are more goals, or on, on paper at least, there are more goals in that squad. And I think that's that's really what makes the difference in this division. Well, James, enjoy the season. I imagine it's never a never a dull job covering Sheffield United. No, uh, never is. No. Thanks very much for <laughs> speaking to us. <laughs> Hopefully we'll catch up with you later in the season. That is James Shield, who is the Sheffield United correspondent and football writer for the Star in Sheffield. And as James said, it is uh, sort of an impossible job. But somehow next, we're going to try and make sense of what's about to happen in League One this season. We are going up's League One preview. We've got the Football League covered. Okay, so before we're joined by John and by Mark, last week, as we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, you went down to Boreham Wood to watch uh, Watford in a bit of pre-season action. Decent turnout? Yeah, it wasn't bad, actually. I just built a new stand at Boreham Wood, paid for by Arsenal, because Arsenal ladies play there. Okay. In the FA Women's uh, Super League, I believe it's called. Uh, so it was a, quite a, a reasonable attendance and a nice summer's eve from the, from the home supporters and an opportunity for some uh, southern-based Coventry fans or Coventry fans that don't like going to Sixfield to, to see their team <laughs> yeah just a couple of days to go until the season starts it looks like another year away from the Rico uh, for uh, for Coventry unless something dramatic has happened since the moment I said this uh, so uh, let's hear a couple of uh, Cov fans who spoke to Dave uh, in the stands at Boreham Wood last week so I mean I suppose the place to start is um, you won the lap against Watford uh, how's pre-season been so far and kind of what are your thoughts ahead of the season at the moment um, I think we need two more strikers before we can start getting ahead of ourselves I think we're getting a good performance tonight but struggle like we struggled a bit last season when our strikers were injured and I think that's the void we need to be but it looks positive it looks seeing what's happened the players we've lost it looks pretty decent it's obviously the, the, the main player you've lost Callum Wilson he scored a lot of goals for you last season he's gone gone up to Bournemouth uh, Marcus Tudgay's signed um, scored a goal uh, tonight against Watford um, but you've mentioned there you need more firepower I mean how important is it to replace the goals that Wilson's lost it's extremely important but I think what pres- pres- the sort of what Presley enjoys and brings about the club is it, it, will, it lends itself to goals so if we can get the players to fit in I think two goals score a few but we do need a quicker striker so we to, although it would be hard to replace Wilson we need, to, we need to find a striker with a lot of pace really we can at least accommodate that it's a guy look like he can do a good job he means come from his league above so you can I suppose the, the challenge in terms of finding players you bought a few I mean, with experience Raider Johnson being one and uh, Pugh as well from Leeds and, and you, but how difficult must it be for Presley to attract decent players to the club when there's always the question marks hanging over the club with the ground and the, the financial situation? It's going to watch a home game with 1,700 fans. It's not very attractive, yeah. is it? Have you, been, have you been to many games at Northampton? Yeah, I've been to a few at Six Force. Just go and support the team and the manager, but it's not unlike the atmosphere here tonight. It's a bit like a training ground uh, game, really. And it's, you know, I just feel for the players and the manager, really. The manager's doing a really good job and he's getting the best out of players, but we need to be back at the Rico. It's, it's a joke. And we lost players. We lost players like Frank Moose because he did, didn't want to play at the six foot. He didn't want to play at six foot. And that's it's, yeah, it's completely understandable because you know he's a, he's a class player. He's a, he's a player that should have been playing at the division above at least. And you can completely respect that because they, they, they do deserve more really, the players. And the fans do as well, obviously. And I mean that that's obviously the the thing that's constantly hanging over the club, the uncertainty off the pitch. You know the fact that you've had to move to Northampton to play football. You know there's demonstrations from the fans. You, you're not getting many fans going there not understandably I mean how far away do you think you are from from resolving that situation and getting back to Coventry there's been rumours all summer hasn't yeah. there and there's been comments been made that might lead you to think that perhaps we are going back but I read in the news today that we spent a load of money on Northampton's pitch yeah. 
virtual surface so I would have thought they wouldn't be doing that if they were going back to the Rico. To me it just sums up that modern club owners don't understand the passion and emotion that goes with lifelong support of a club. Whatever club it is it doesn't really matter. You have an emotional link to it and they just don't understand it. They say it's a commodity and it's more than that. It is. It's, it's, it's more, it's, it means more to public commentary as well because it's a big city in a, in a, in a, in a, in a grand part of the grand part of the country so it's missing a huge hole of the city it's, a, it's such a shame but I honestly couldn't tell you when I, if, it's, if, it's, if we're going to get back or whatever because it just changes every week when we hear that you know that it's almost a done deal going back and then next week it's well we don't want to pay those tenants and, and but I think the biggest giveaway is, is there hasn't been any confirmed deals of, this, of a new ground being built and it just seems silly to have a ground like the Rico that empty even if we put in like nine, ten thousand fans so I, I'd imagine something's gone behind the scenes but there just seems to be two very stubborn parties that went to give ground so it's hard to tell really it's hard to call just just one on uh, on, on Stephen Presley uh, you mentioned that you know you thought he's done a very good job he's quite highly thought of I've seen him linked with a few other jobs here and there when they've come up and I don't suppose you could blame him like, like the players for leaving if, if an offer comes in I mean do you think he'll be around at Coventry for a long time or if we don't come back I think he will stay for the season um, I, I think this club's got and this sort of setup's only got another season left in it because I think like you said I think even managers like Presley will will tie the situation but Presley has a lot of vision for me he's pretty, the manager we've had in, in the most recent years with the most vision isn't he yeah. he's, he's willing to establish something rather than just do it as a bit part job someone like Mark, Mark Robbins did a decent job but he was only there for the time being I mean, he would probably his heart set elsewhere but I honestly think he's got a desire to take this club places he's constantly banging on about the club's DNA and, and the sort of things he sort of probably wants to establish and he's, he's done a good go and I just think that's he's honest when he comes a bit I think he's a loyal and decent man and he's a very good yeah, football very manager. Good manager yeah and I hope we can keep hold of him and he can move on with the club and get you know, I mean, he's, he clearly has an emotional attachment because when Leon Clark left you could tell he was angry and upset for the players and the situation was because he knew he, he, I think he's the manager as long as you give, your, give it your all he's willing to give us back and I think that's the case as long as we keep playing football like we have been playing he'll stay as long as that but then at the same time I think he lost the season because we're tired of the situation and then uh, finally I guess a little prediction for the season where, where do you think uh, in nine months time Coventry will be Fifth. <laughs> Confident? Yeah. Fourth. Is that a little bit optimistic, do you reckon? Fifth and fourth? Well, I, I like the look of them. From, yeah. from what I saw on the pitch, obviously they got the result, but first half especially, they played some really nice football. They don't have the biggest squad, and obviously there's always going to be difficulties attracting players to, uh, and you said the Rico there. <laughs> to, obviously to, uh, to six years, as it is yeah exactly um, and, and as you heard there I think they need another striker to go alongside Marcus Tudgay but you know I like the signing of Rita Johnson he looked good at the back he was uh, got some good experience he played in the championship for a few years Sheffield, with Sheffield Wednesday he's very big commanding presence they still got Andy Webster there he was barking out at one point he absolutely <laughs> screamed at the keeper for not coming for a ball when he should have just and, like you doing five aside yeah well <laughs> times times a million um uh, and, and I do like the manager as well, Presley. I think Stephen Presley's done a really good job there. It's going to be tough for them, I think, because of the, the difficulties off the pitch and the distractions. But they, they seem to be wanting to play football the right way. I don't know if they'll get the top six, but I, I think they'll, they'll be top half. OK, was that text of pizza we've ordered, by the way? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> right, let's, uh, let's talk about League One more generally then. Uh, James said earlier, it's, you know, it's so unpredictable. And uh, where, do you, where do you start? Well, that is the challenge uh, facing John McGee uh, from The Two Unfortunates, uh, editor of the Carlisle United website, Bring Me the Head of Keith Mincher, uh, who's written The Two Unfortunates League One preview. And Mark O'Hare, who was on with us yesterday talking some League Two odds, is also back on the line. Uh, so, John, I'll come to you first. You've written uh, the preview. Did 
did you find it difficult to uh, to pick the uh, the sides that are going to be right at the top of League One this season? Um, no, I don't think I did actually. When when I looked at the the league, the twenty four teams at the back end of last week, when I was starting to pull the preview together, um, I thought it would be. Given last season, it was quite close at the top and quite close at the bottom. Uh, I thought initially that there might be you know uh, ten to a dozen teams who were who were who were there or thereabouts. But the more research I did, the more I thought about the way that the end of last season had ended. I could see it splitting quite quite comfortably into into three distinct groups: a group of sides who were going to be there near the top, a group of sides who, who really do look like they're going to struggle. I think there's going to be one or two cut drift quite early on who will struggle throughout the season, and then then a parcel of sides in the middle who are you sort of also runs um, who who will trouble neither the scorers at the top nor the the people uh, with the trapdoor at the bottom. Um, the, the the thing about this league this year is it, it's all the obvious sides, which in some respects is slightly unfortunate because uh, you want to see uh, a side coming up on the rails. But the sides that have done that in the past, the likes of Leighton Orient and so on, they've consolidated really well over the last couple of seasons, and they've become, if you will, the League One big boys uh, uh, already. And that seems to look like it's going to carry on um, over the course of the next season. Well, I guess we've got to get you to name some names, haven't we? <laughs> Who's going to be yeah, in, in, that, in that top group? Uh, in that top group, I would I would say um, the sides who were there last year, um, but who failed to come through the playoffs. So Preston, obviously, uh, they seem to have consolidated uh, the side. They've not made a great number of signings, but those that they have seem to be of, of pretty pretty high quality. Callum Woods and Andy Little will certainly add to that squad, and they've got. Joe Garner and Paul Gallagher still uh, up front, likely to knock in between 30 and 40 goals between them. Uh, when you add little to that, he's got a really excellent goal-scoring record in the Scottish League, then then, then things look really bright for them. The cloud of uh, the, the betting scandal that was there with uh, with Preston seems to have, if not entirely gone away, certainly, certainly sort of dissipated a little into the background. So that should allow them to attack the season with the, uh, you know, in the way that they ended the last one. Uh, next to Preston you've then got uh, Peterborough uh, who again it's been a relatively quiet summer for them but they've got so much quality in their squad already bringing Zakwani back obviously uh, adds a little bit of resolution uh, at the back where they you know they, they shipped an awful lot of goals last season as is Peterborough's manner again you've got you can't look past them being in and around the top a handful of teams and similarly Leighton Orient who without question have had the, certainly the most showbiz summer in League One with the, the takeover from Mr Bacchetti and also with the signings that they've made who, who really on paper look look at a class apart from anything that anybody else has been able to bring in beyond those three who were obviously all in the playoffs last season uh, the two that really stand out are, are, are sort of the, the two who were the fallen giants at the start of last season which is Sheffield United and Bristol City and both of them seem to have uh, solid managers, which I can't believe I'm quite saying that about Steve Cotterill, but he seems <laughs> to have uh, got them to massively turn the corner and also to play to their strengths, which hasn't always been Cotterill's approach to management. Um, you know, Baldock and J. Emmanuel Thomas is, is by far and away the best uh, forward line in this league by, by, by quite some distance. Uh, that's been augmented with uh, the, the most Steve Cottrell player of all time, 34-year-old Aaron Wilbraham. Um, but, you know, he's going to score goals uh, if and when Baldock leaves or if, 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 if they need to bring him in. And they've brought in really excellent players throughout the pitch. Luke Freeman is an outstanding League One player. Corey Smith, really, really handy player as well. So that they look like 
you know, last season's blip at the start of the season should be just that, and they should be there or thereabouts. Sheffield United, again, have signed really good quality League One players, players like Craig Olcock and Michael Higdon, who I expect to score a lot of goals at this level. And, of course, they've got um, the Nigel Clough factor. He is, he is in, in my mind, um, by far and away the, the, the best manager in, in, in League One, mm. and I would very much expect them to be... Uh, you know, your top, well, that's five, so that'd be the top five. And, 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 you know, beyond that, you're kind of looking at jokers, really. Interesting, Mark. Um, is that where uh, the bookies have got their money this season? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I can't disagree with any of that. Um, when you look at the, the over the last 10 years, the average price of a League One winner is, is 21 to 1, but we had a few big price winners about seven, eight, nine years ago. Um, over the last seven years, it's 9 to 1. Um, Preston, I think, fit that mould perfectly. Um, there's not really too much to add to, to what's already been said. Um, Sheffield United are the favourites at 11 to 2. I think they're a little bit short in betting terms. Wolves, the only favourites in the ni- last 19 seasons to actually win the title. Ooh. But uh, on the other hand the favourites have been promoted in five of the last seven seasons so there's plenty on Sheffield United side there too but yeah I, I can't really add a lot to be honest because they're the big five um, in the betting terms and um, if you're looking elsewhere you know good luck to you to be honest <laughs> OK uh, down at the bottom then maybe uh, relegation wise mm. um, I think I think there's one team that stands out on everyone's list at the moment it's Crew. Um, as short as eight to five for relegation. Um, top scorer Chuck Saniki's gone back to Arsenal. You know Max Clayton's leaving. Byron Moore, Paul Pog, sorry Paul Pogba. <laughs> they wish. They wish. Um, but Mark Ellis, he's also gone. Um, you know that defence is, isn't going to get any better, and their main sort of attacking threats is left as well. I think Crew are really going to struggle. As much as I love Colchester and Joe Dunn as well, I think they're in for another tough season. Uh, the budget's been cut again. Um, I will be rooting for them, but you sort of look at that team and. Uh, they're a bit top-heavy. Um, I think if they keep all their forward players fit, like sort of, what, Craig Eastman, Sanchez Watt, Freddie Sears, Jabba Abire, they, they, could, uh, they could stay up, but I think they're in for a tough season. Um, but Crawley as well. I think Crawley the one who stands out for me in betting terms at 4-1. to one. Uh, John Gregory, uh, he's pretty much ripped up that squad, hasn't he? And, and I saw that, yeah. Again. Um, huge overhaul. Uh, they lacked a cutting edge last year, last season. Only scored 48 goals, but Isar McLeod's come in. Um, Jimmy Smith, Dean Leacock, you know, they're, they're the headline acts. And I think if they're your headline acts, you're going to be in a little bit of trouble. Uh, <laughs> over 15 new players built in, a huge rebuilding job. You know, I've never really fancied John Gregory as a manager, and I think he's got a massive task in his hand. Yeah, I certainly agree there. Um, but let's have a look now at some of the teams that might be somewhere in the middle and maybe if there is indeed one playoff spot up for grabs some of the teams I think might potentially be able to get it two of the teams that are alphabetically in the middle of the league as we stand MK Dons and Notts County I think potentially they could both have decent seasons I quite like the players that MK Dons have brought in Carl McFadden I've heard good things about him at Crawley over the last few years Danny Green from Charlton uh, Tom Hitchcock young striker on loan from, uh, from well they brought him in from QPR uh, he's been on, out on loan to a few clubs in the last few seasons Rotherham being one of them last year uh, and Will Grigg who didn't have a good time of it when he went to Brentford from Walsall but two seasons ago with Walsall scored a lot of goals so I like those signings for MK Dons and Notts County have gone the other way brought in a lot of experience Roy Carroll fresh off three title winning seasons in Greece with Olympiacos Champions, still going. Champions League football yeah um, you know, they've got Alan Smith who will bring some experience there. He's Hayden, still going. Hayden Mullins has confirmed his, his loan deal last season has now become a, a permanent. Uh, Liam Noble from Carlisle. John, you can tell us all about him, I'm sure. And, <laughs> and the one that stands out to me is Ellie Ismaili, who um, uh, we saw last season Burton. on loan at Burton, uh, on loan again here from, from Wolves. So I think an interesting crop of players have been brought into those two clubs. 
Yeah, I'm, well, I'll, I'll start with Notts County. Uh, I think because it, it's easy for me to talk about them because because of the number of, of Carlisle connections there. So um, I, I'm quite surprised um, that you've you've picked Notts County. They're, they're a team that I have to say I think might struggle quite a bit, and it, it's much to my own uh, sadness and disappointment. Program before you, you know that I'm, I'm I am perhaps the greatest Greg Abbott fan in in the entire world mm. beyond his own family. Uh, the man and has he showed at the end of last season could could he could inspire um, you know sick children to find a cure for AIDS genuinely. Um, and if if he and Sean Derry, who's a guy who who really is you know Mr. Motivated by the seams of it, aren't able to drag everything out of the squad that they've got at Notts County, then then nobody will be able to. And, and, you know, what happened at the end of last season that, you know, the greatest comeback since Lazarus uh, <laughs> is testament to that. My view with Notts County is that they've had quite a mixed summer. Some of the players that they brought in, they're quite functional. So Gary Thompson, for example, he, he wasn't on your list there. I was quite surprised. Liam Noble, I, 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 I'm not in the majority at Carlisle, but I have to say he's a player I never rated particularly highly and was, was actually quite surprised that he ended up in League One. I think I think Greg is probably the only person in League One who would have taken a punt on Liam Noble. Beyond that, Alan Smith, you know, he didn't really cut it at MK Dons to the extent we hoped. Is Roy Carroll as good a goalkeeper as Bath? Bielkowski, no, he unquestionably isn't. And they've also lost Gary Little and Alan Sheehan, who over the last couple of seasons have been, if not their best performance, certainly their most consistent performance. So it's a bit of a mixed bag for me at Notts. I mean, it's a bit, of, it's a bit of a joker, certainly if you're if you're looking at them to be in and in and around the playoffs. But uh, certainly, I can see I can see your rationale. MK Don certainly, there's there's a much stronger argument there. The, the, the signings that you've listed, Danny Green and Carl McFadden, are both excellent League One players. So I can see a case for them. The big moot point for me around MK Dons for this season, and I mentioned this in, in the in the preview uh, for those who haven't read it, is around Carl Robinson. You know, how long now has Carl Robinson been, according to Pete Winkleman, the best young manager in England? It's been four or five years, and frankly, there's been so much money spent down at that club over the last four or five years, it's obscene. He's certainly a very patient man, Pete Winkleman, and I think it's it sort of, for me, the, the make-or-break season for Kyle, uh, Carl Robinson. And if he can't he can't get them through with the likes of Deli Ali and uh, and Danny Green in the side, then then I think it, it might be curtains for him uh, before before the end of the season. Time to deliver, then I think for Carl Robinson at MK Dons. In terms of the four sides that went up from League Two last season, uh, Scunthorpe United uh, they've lost their top scorer Sam Winnell, uh, Chesterfield uh, who won the title last season, Rochdale have gone up, and Fleetwood Town have gone up as well. Mark, any of those four take your fancy to I don't know maybe cause an upset getting the playoffs, or do you think they're all going to be down there struggling? Um, I think it's probably going to be similar to last season. I think they'll probably all consolidate. I don't think really, no one, no one's going to go up. Um, uh, Fleetwood potentially uh, could be on the way back down. Um, I think it was what was it their fifth promotion in ten years? Um, they succeeded or six in ten, something ridiculous like that. Graham Alexander, I think, you know, he had his doubters last season. He had, uh, a squad full of quality, and they sort of struggled. They weren't exactly impressive in the playoffs against York, so they were quite fortunate to go up and. Um, I think there'll be more a lack of firepower up front. I mean, Anthony Sarsovic, it, it's all built around him. And if, if teams work that out, then they could be in trouble. I think they only won one home game as well last season against the top 10. So uh, a couple of problems there. I think Chesterfield have got to deal with um, their, their budget being consolidated, or even cut. Um, but I think they've still got plenty of quality. In sort of Gary Roberts, Jimmy Ryan, Joe O'Shea, Sam Morsey, Owen Doyle. I think there's players there who are League One standards. So I think they'll be fine. 
Um, Scunthorpe are interesting though. Uh, Twelve to one to get promoted. Of course, that twenty-eight game run um, under Russ Wilcox, where they were unbeaten after he took charge. Quite a lot of optimism around the club. Uh, new stadium has been agreed for eighteen million pounds. Drew a lot of games though last season. Twenty-one games were drawn, mm. and if they can't replace Sam Winnell's. 23 goals um, and they could be struggling but you look at the strike force of Paddy Madden and Dion Burton it's, it's good enough for that league um, Neil Bishop Jenison Myrie Williams Miguel Lera Mars Addison they're all good players that they've brought in so um, yeah I think they'll be fine slight concerns for Rochdale though um, again of course they've, they've lost Scott Hogan to 750k to, to Brentford scored 17 goals last season Calvin Andrews being brought in 27 now only scored 13 league goals which is obviously a concern um, that's ever Ian by Henderson the way will... <laughs> not just last season that is ever I saw I saw <laughs> really? um, uh, the excellent I think it was football cliches I think uh, tweet about him uh, when he signed for Rochdale saying basically asking the question whether he might be have the one of the worst goal <laughs> records in for, for a striker in, in Football League history uh, 228 games and according to Wikipedia uh, actually 17 so there might be some cup games in there as well 17 goals in 228 career appearances which I've just worked out very roughly is 0.07 goals a game <laughs> <laughs> bodes well doesn't it what about the, Sorry, can, I, can I just sorry, go on yeah go ahead Add something in there. Um, what Mark's saying pretty much reflects where, where I ended up as well. The one point that I think is, I, I thought, I think of the four that Scunthorpe probably have the best chance of, of any uh, of causing an impression on, on the league this year. As, a, as someone, as a Carlisle fan, I, I think the, the big, the big question is how they manage Paddy Madden because what's become apparent over the last two or three seasons is that he's a guy who clearly needs his ego stroked that wasn't happening at Carlisle it happened at Yeovil and you know we all know what happened they had the fairy tale story and went into the championship when he took the step up in quality he was found a little bit wanting and his attitude didn't respond whether um, Russ Wilcox has the the, the smarts to um, get that guy into the place that you need him to be because he's clearly got a lot of ability he showed it at Carlisle in flashes as well as at Yeovil uh, is the big question because if he can they will Sam will like and they'll surprise a lot of people but it's a big if okay let's read some tweets so uh, Ryan Kehoe says uh, teams to go up from League One Sheffield United Peterborough and Orient Colchester Crew Gillingham and Rochdale to go down Asomba Longa to be uh, top scorer my team Bradford to finish between 11th and 15th uh, also uh, Steve Donaldson I'm liking Port Vale's business this summer uh, Lines O'Connor Brian Jennings are, fa- are a fantastic set of options for us uh, in midfield what else have we got here scrolls up uh, Lee Clifton I think my club Gillingham will surprise a few people this season uh, promotion is a bit unrealistic but mid-table uh, is achievable Ian Parks I think Sheffield United will do okay should finally get promoted back to the championship can't see past uh, Baldock for top scorer again and uh, we've got a tweet here from Josh Boker he's an Oldham fan he says I've got bri- a blind faith in us Johnson Clark Harris has been prolific in pre-season and looks likely to be our main striker and uh, I thought I'd mention Oldham Mark so that you could give your stat about Oldham Oldham oh, right. um, yeah it's, uh, I was was it 18 years? Through, yeah, going through League One the other the other night, and I found it's their 18th consecutive season uh, in in League One, which is uh, actually the longest con- continuous. Um, how would you describe it? 
sequence seasons in one division sequence um, of all the football league teams 18 years not one promotion not one relegation 18 years of utter mediocrity <laughs> I don't think they've even they you'd almost in? fancy a couple of relegations wouldn't you just yeah. so you could have a promotion season maybe going back the other way yeah a lot of Carlisle fans said that before we went <laughs> down and they immediately said that they thought that was a stupid thing to do um, we'll, we'll do top scorer in just a second but first the three teams uh, that came down from the championship uh, Barnsley Yeovil and Doncaster. Anyone for any of them this season? Um, chip in on Doncaster if possible because I think they've been um, I think they've been massively overrated in the betting market. They're twenty one to win the league. Um, I'm much rather the sixteen to one of them getting relegated. I'm not saying they will, um, but I do think they will struggle. Um, you can get nine to four of them to finish in the bottom half. Um, of course the sort of takeover between John Ryan and Louis Tomlinson um, didn't materialise and I think Paul Dickoff has been playing catch up with his budget. It's more than well less than half of what he expected at the start of the summer they ended the season badly with one point from 21 only scored 39 goals Chris Brown of course left Billy Painter's left Billy Sharp's loans gone Mark Duffy David Cottrell um, a lot of good players have left there and um, you know if, if Theo Robinson and Nathan Tyson don't strike up a quick partnership up front they could be uh, could be struggling I think they're massively uh, overrated in, in the outright markets at least it's like they're going to be I would totally agree with that. I, I, I had them in a, in a similar bracket. I also think, uh, you know, that the overrating of Dickov as a manager is a, is a huge extension to that. I, I mean, it was one of those moments at the end of last season where, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of fans around the country all collectively gasped when they saw that pretend football manager Lee Clark had managed to keep Birmingham City in the <laughs> league and then and then let out a Bronx cheer when they found out that actually Paul Dickov was the forward. What's your Twitter handle, uh, John? Just for the complaints. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I've said that in the previous. I'm sure they'll be coming my way. I'm, I'm not a fan of Dickov at all, but, uh, but I think their chances are, are really slight. And I would say it's probably the same for all of the relegated clubs. Of the three, I think Barnsley have have probably the best chance because mm, you know, yeah, they've, got, they've got they've got Dale Jennings. Uh, although they've lost uh, Chris O'Grady and Jason Steele, uh, they've managed to replace them uh, quite quite capably uh, through in Sam Winnell and, and in various other players. I mean, Wilson is a manager who, who knows the League One level better than most and will certainly get the best out of the squad. Yeovil again. I mean that that when it came down. I mean they finished rock bottom last season. Upset people, but their their side. If you look at it on paper, it doesn't even look like a deep side, let alone a championship side. And they they haven't really lost many players in in, in falling through the leagues. They signed one or two decent players. I mean James Barrett is a player who who I had an awful lot of time for at Carlisle. He's a really good player, but again he's solid. He's a solid League One player and. It'll be a season of consolidation at best, I imagine, for Yeovil. Uh, and Mark, uh, as we did yesterday with League Two, it's time for your, your top three value bets for League One. Uh, OK, um, Crawley to be relegated. I think 4-1 to one has a nice price on that. I mentioned Doncaster and Orient uh, in different breaths, and you can get 10-11 to 11 on Leighton Orient um, to beat Doncaster in a match bet, which I think is an absolute steal. Probably have to, you know, it's odds on, but anyway, it's, it's a definite steal, as is Preston to finish in the top six at 9-10, to 10, nearly even money there um, but yeah Doncaster to go down at 16 to 1 that's a, a nice big price and just one name from the pair of you for a top scorer just realised we haven't done that Johnny do you reckon top scorer it's it's dependent on, on the next week but Sam Baldock and if not Joe Garner ok Mark same as Baldock if he stays otherwise Brutus on longer 
Excellent. Okie dokie. Thank you very much to John McGee, who's written the Two Unfortunates League One preview, which you can read on the website, thetwounfortunates.com. Uh, thanks for coming on, John. Much appreciated. And uh, also thank you very much as ever to our Football League betting expert, Mr. Mark O'Hare. And Mark, you're going to be back for one final time with us tomorrow, I believe, when we look at the championship. Yep, look forward to it. Cheers, Good guys. stuff. Thanks, mate. Uh, so that's Mark and John and DC in just a second. It's time to put your neck on the line. Because... I didn't get a chance to do my One Direction pun there. What was your One Direction pun? John cut me off in my prime. Well, was I was going to say, it looks like Doncaster are going to be going in the wrong direction this season. But <laughs> there you go. point now, is there? You got it in. Predictions <laughs> next. We are going up's League One preview. Predictions. I could see your frustration when you couldn't get that one direction line in originally and he cut you off in your prime. Right, you over it? You ready? I am Here ready. Here we go. Predictions time for League One then. Uh, I went first yesterday, so you get the honour today. Uh, from you, I need the three sides that are going to be promoted to the Championship this season. I'm afraid I am playing it somewhat safe thus far of all my predictions. That may, that may change later on, but the three teams going up from League One, I can't see past Leighton Orient, Preston and Bristol City. All three teams have uh, had, you know, Certainly, Orient and Preston, really good seasons last year. Bristol City, an improving season towards the end, and they've they've all added to their squads well, so I think they'll be too strong. OK, I am going for Preston, uh, Sheffield United, and Barnsley. Barnsley. Uh, I'm going to throw Barnsley into the mix there, a little bit of a, uh, a Yorkshire double, and Carl asked me to pass on his predictions, Preston, Sheffield United, and Peterborough. So we're all sort of singing from the same hymn, uh, hymn sheet there. Uh, so we also need uh, four teams to be relegated to the bottom tier of English football in this forthcoming season. Uh, DC. Crew. Uh, Crew. Yep, I think they're going to go yeah. this time. Colchester. Colchester. Rochdale. You yes. Can't, you, can't get rid of we'll Scott, go, you can't get rid of Scott Hogan and replace him with Calvin Andrews, as <laughs> we discussed earlier on, and hope to have any sort of success. Uh, and fourth one, I don't know if this might be a surprise, but I think after a couple of years of punching well above their weight, I think Walsall might slip. Hmm. Interesting. I'm with you. I had Crew and Colchester. Obviously, contractually, I had to go for Rochdale. But I agree, losing Scott Hogan will be a big blow to them, no matter what their fans try and say. Uh, and for the fourth team, I am going to go for Scunthorpe because uh, they're another team I, I think tend to yo-yo between the bottom two divisions. Uh, so, uh, Scunny for me. Uh, so, we need a uh, top scorer. Where's your money, Walker? Well, it does depend. I, I have to kind of go with, with what John and Mark said. You can't look past British Sambalonga or Sam Bulldog, but like I did last season when I bet on Lee Tomlin, either of these players could be sold in August or if not January. So you're not sure, I'm not sure that you're betting-wise it's going to be a good bet to do, although mm. I think you know they will certainly score the goals for their team if they remain there. So let's just get rid of those two on that, on that proviso. Uh, and I'm going to go with Sam Winnell to continue his goal-scoring form from last season, moving up to Barnsley. Uh, and I think he'll have a good season. OK, top scorer, I've got Joe Garner. Uh, from Preston, because I think they're going to be champions this season. Uh, so I'm going to go with Score of good goals, <laughs> not always a score of loads of goals. Time will be the judge, won't it? The next nine months will tell us. My one to watch, actually, you've kind of stole my thunder there by putting him as top scorer, so it's not really much of one to watch. But I was going to say, uh, League Two's top scorer from last season, Sam Winnell, who's gone to Barnsley. So he was my one to watch. My what, one you to got? watch. I did mention him earlier on. Uh, I think Zeli Ismail. Mm. Uh, Notts County now had a spell at Burton last year on loan. Looked like he could have changed the game in the player final if he'd been brought on a bit earlier. He's got some pace. 
and I think he'll have a, another good season in, in, in his development good stuff it does help when your goalkeeper doesn't let 40 yard free kicks drop on, on <laughs> top of him does, yeah. um, right that is pretty much it for our League One preview League One starts uh, live on Sky Saturday lunchtime that big game Sheffield United against Bristol City uh, thank you very much to all our guests today James uh, Shield from the Sheffield Star um, who was on top form and also uh, to John McGee um, who isn't a fan of Paul Dickov? we learned that today and uh, also as ever to Mark O'Hare who'll be and, back with and us and to the commentary fans whose names I actually neglected to get yeah I think they actually tweeted us um, so I could really oh, scroll. yeah they Good. did and said um, you've just interviewed us at the game when is it going to be out I'm scrolling back desperately here but I'm not sure I'm going to make it bear with me Phil can you fill for 10 seconds hang uh, on Coventry it's not happening here is it not happening no we didn't get your names lads sorry but we'll uh, we'll, we'll find them we'll send you the link we'll send you the link um, right um, so that's uh, so that's that for today uh, we'll be back tomorrow with our championship preview the final one uh, if you do want to get in touch the website wearegoingup.co.uk or you can tweet us at Wagyu Podcast tomorrow on this show you will hear from the Millwall manager Mr Ian Holloway so you've got that to look forward to tomorrow we'll speak to you tomorrow for the championship this is the We Are Going Up podcast we've got the football league covered ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm-hmm.